I want to continue this uh, series of Dhamma talks on our uh, practice. I want to start with a very little story of very famous monk. He's not very famous in uh, in the sense that he did a lot of social work or political work or even uh, giving Dhamma talks and spending long time in meditation and so forth. He is very famous for attaining enlightenment very quickly. So, his name most uh, Buddhist people know, even non-Buddhists probably know his name. He is called Daruchirya and he has a title Bahya Daruchirya. Bahya means uh, outside Buddhist dispensation. Daru means uh, bark. Chiriya was his chivara, his cloth. He was wearing barks as clothes, clothing, because uh, there was a shipwreck and uh, he lost everything and the ship, somehow he managed to swim and la landed on a little island near India and uh, found some... Uh, barks of trees and covered his nakedness with these barks. But he was not disappointed, upset for losing everything. He was even happy that he did not have to take care of these things. <laughs> when he had a lot of things, he had to take care, lot of, lot of, take care of them. That's a big bother for him. So he was very glad that he did not have anything and he himself thought that he was uh, an Arahant, enlightened person. So one day when he was uh, walking the island with this uh, good feeling, Deva, a deity, came and said, uh, Sir, you seem to be a little deluded. You are not enlightened. Uh, if you want to attain enlightenment, there is somebody called Gautama, the Buddha. Go, go to him, go to him. So he went, when he went there, the Buddha was on his arms round, taking his arms full and going, collecting his food for his only meal of that day. This man was so enthusiastic and he stopped the Buddha and said, Please teach me Dhamma, teach me Dhamma. This is just a minute, I am on my arms round. Uh, let me finish my arms round and eat, sit down and eat and no, 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 I need it right now. Please, teach me them very quickly. Take me how to meditate. Then again, Buddha said, wait a minute, take it easy. Don't be so excited. I teach you. Oh, no, no, I don't know what will happen to me very soon. Something may happen to you. Life is so uncertain. So, when he said, Buddha this is not an ordinary person. This is a person who has developed, cultivated his mind. And he said, okay, sit down. He gave him a very, very brief instruction. When you hear this brief instruction, you might think, what a trivial thing it is. How can somebody attain enlightenment by just listening to this such a trivial, insignificant thing? What the Buddha said to him was, he said in Pali, Bahya, be aware of what is seen as seen. 
what is heard as heard, what is smelled as smelled, what is touched, what is uh, tasted as tasted, what is touched as touched, and what thought arose in the mind, know that thought arose. That's all. This man was so sharp in wisdom, deep in understanding, great rich meditation experience he had. As soon as he said, he heard this, that's what he did. <laughs> he knew, heard as heard. He heard the Buddha. So, he knew that. And then, on the spot, he attained enlightenment. As he predicted, at the attainment of enlightenment, he was walking away from the Buddha, and then a cow with a calf attacked him and killed him. You see? So, see, his mind is so sharp and developed that he knew he was going to die. He did not want to die without attaining enlightenment. So, Buddha gave him the right instruction. The advice for an average person seems to be very trivial, very simple. What is there? Dite dittamattam, sute sutamattam, vinyate vinyate, in English, of course. See, seeing as seeing, heard as heard. What is that? But the message is that don't get involved in conceptual proliferation. When you build up conceptual proliferation, you get into a deep mess. You cannot get out of your mess. And uh, he mentioned at the beginning that there are external problems, internal problems, and uh, we have to learn how to come out of this. In Sanyukta Nika it says, Anto Jata Bahi Jata. Jata hai Jati To Paja. Tan Tan Gota Bhuchan Kho Imang Vijate Jata. There are entanglement outside, entanglement inside. How can one, oh, what kind of person can get unentangled from this entanglement? We are very good in getting entangled and very bad in getting out of it. We like to get more and more involved. Not to get involved, to get uninvolved is very difficult. Once you are trapped, you are trapped, cannot get out. So, what we do in insight meditation, we learn to find a way out, not getting into deeper entanglement. To get out of entanglement, to get out of this, what you call, imprisonment, we have to find a very simple way. Did I tell you another very simple story? Probably some of you might have heard. It's not a Buddhist story, but it drives home. My point little story. A story of a deity hiding secret of peace and happiness. So he had this secret. He was thinking of hiding it from human beings. So he thought of hiding it on the top of a mountain, Mount Everest. Then he, Mount Everest is full of uh, snow all the time. He thought nobody would go there and discover this truth. Then he thought later on, well, these human beings are very smart. They are always looking for something new. They are adventurous. Probably one day they climb Mount Everest and find the secret. Then he thought, then it will not be, no longer be a secret. Then he thought of hiding it in the deepest place in the ocean. Then he thought the same thing. It may not eventually be a secret. Then he thought, why not I hide it in the, hide it in the deepest cave 
in the thickest jungle in the world, like Amazon. Then again, he thought, well, even that may not be safe from human beings. They might discover it. Then he thought, ah, I found a place. That is where they never, ever look. Human mind. <laughs> I hide it in human mind. Why? Because that is where they never look. They always look outside with the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind. Because these are doors. They are called doors. Dwara in Pali, Chakkut Dwara, Sota Dwara, Gana Dwara, Jiva Dwara, Haya Dwara, Chikmano Dwara. Dwara means door. What does the door do? Door open. Why? For you to go in or to come out. These doors always are open. We never close, close these doors. Even if you go to sleep, mind door is open sometimes and bring all kind of previous experiences, information and have dreams. All the dreams are built on what we have put in, experiences. So, we have to learn how to use these doors only for desirable, meaningful, well-meant uh, agents to enter in. Not all kind of thieves, thugs, murderers, criminals, to get in. If we let criminal enter the mind through this door, you have criminal mind. Because that will screw up your mind. So whatever we let in, that will work up inside <laughs> to make us unhappy, painful. So Buddha said, there are uh, what is called sila. One of the sila. Sila means uh, you know the word seal? We all observe it, right? Seal is called morality. But there is another meaning of seal. Seal is sealant. When you have a crack on the wall, you use sealant, right? To seal it off. That's what we do. We open the crack of our mind. Don't let these unwholesome things enter. By observing precept, principles, that's what we do. We seal off our mind from uh, having undesirable things. That is one meaning. Another meaning of seal is uh, habit. You say seal up the paramas when you practice uh, meditation. You attain the stages of enlightenment. First is called sotapanna. To attain sotapanna, you have to overcome three fetters. One of them is called seal up the paramas. Their sila is not morality. Paramas means uh, clinging. The opposite of it is uh, sammasana. Paramasana is uh, clinging. Sammasana means reflection. So, we are attached to various kind of habits. Particularly unwholesome habits. So, we train the mind to remove these unwholesome habits. So, their sila means habit. And therefore, sila is called kusala sila, akusala sila. Kusala, you, we, we use the word kusala very often in Buddhist uh, terminology. And another word called punya, punya and kusala, punya and kusala. Uh, which, uh, you just heard recited imina punya kammena. Punya means meritorious deeds. That makes us happy. Whatever or something we do to make us happy is called punya. 
When you do punya, when you commit punya, there can be some uh, stain in it. These uh, stains of punya are called uh, vanchanikadamba. Vanchanikadamba means uh, the word dhamma means mental state. Certain mental states camouflage, disguise as very good guys and uh, pollute this uh, punya. When you do something wholesome, for instance, even if you meditate, when you meditate, sometimes your intention is very good. But when you sit to meditate, sometimes some unwholesome intention can sneak into your mind to get a big job, to be more prosperous, to have attractive appearance, to live long, to be popular, to get recognition, some kind of, you know, our mind is so tricky. So, some kind of things like that. So, other people say, he's a meditator. Be careful. We have to be very careful about meditators because they are very unreliable. <laughs> Sometimes they get so angry, they meditate for hours on and get up. <laughs> the very first person who step on their toe, <laughs> they will punch in their nose. <laughs> I come from meditation. He does not recognize my meditation. He stepped on my toes. He get angry. Therefore, anyway, <laughs> uh, when we meditate, many unwholesome mental states can arise. And they play a very apparently wholesome role and they are really detrimental and they are called Vanchanikadamma. Vanchanikadamma means the mental state that disguise, unwholesome thing, disguise as wholesome thing. And since we are not fully enlightened, we cannot make the distinction. However, we should have some amount of intelligence, wisdom to recognize them. And then, we invite Kusala. Kusala is what I call quality controller. It controls the quality of Punya. If you do wholesome thing to make us happy with good intention, something unwholesome arises to mar, to weaken our wholesome good work. At that time, we bring kusala in and let the kusala clean this uh, unwholesome mental state. That's what is called quality controlling mental factor. Kusala simply means skill. So, therefore, sila, one meaning is, one meaning is sila, uh, the other meaning is uh, habit. And some sealers are wholesome, some sealers are unwholesome. Unwholesome habits are called akusala sila, the unskillful habit. We inadvertently build up unskillful habits. That's very natural. So we have to build up skillful habits. That's called kusala sila. In order to distinguish the kusala sila from akusala sila, we have to have mindfulness. So, with that kind of mindfulness, we practice, we restrain our senses.
because it these senses sense doors that bring many unwholesome things into the mind. Mind naturally is luminous. You have heard this statement many many times. This mind is luminous. An ordinary unenlightened person, Putujjana, there is a definition of Putujjana. Putujjana means one who uh, does not uh, associate with noble ones, does not learn the noble ones Dhamma, does not uh, respect noble ones, and does not respect noble ones Dhamma, and they have confused life. They are Putujjana, ordinary people. These kind of ordinary people don't know the mind is luminous, and therefore they uh, mind is luminous, but it is polluted by adventitious defilements, and since they don't know that the, that the mind has been polluted by adventitious defilements, they do not meditate to clean the mind to remove this additional defilement from the mind. They don't know, and therefore they do not meditate. They do not cultivate the mind. Here, of course, chitta bhavana means uh, jhana meditation, concentration meditation. Concentration meditation uh, purpose, of course, is uh, cleaning the mind, removing hindrances. Anyway, we learn to train our senses. That's called uh, Indriya Sangvara. Sangvara means restraining. Restraining our senses does not mean that we shut our eyes when we see an object or plug our ears when we hear a sound, but just like this Bahya Dharuchirya, that's like the Buddha advised Bahya Dharuchirya, when we meditate, especially when we meditate, that is the time we must learn how to restrain our senses. For the monastics, Buddha has advised to restrain their senses all the time. But ordinary, average person must train themselves to restrain or train their senses or discipline their senses at least during meditation. There are five kind of, five ways of restraining. They are called Sila Sangvara, Jnana Sangvara, Khanti Sangvara, Virya Sangvara, and uh, Sati Sangvara. These are the five ways. Let me, dig, let me give little description of all of them, because all of them help us to develop our mindfulness. Our practice becomes more uh, successful, meaningful, if we learn how to restrain our senses at least during meditation. Sila Sangvara is restraining our senses through the observation of certain moral principles and build it up to make it a wholesome habit. So habitually we observe moral principles. And therefore it becomes Kusala Sila. That means exactly as Buddha advised Bahya, when we hear a sound, I take for example uh, hearing because when we meditate normally we 
close our eyes and therefore eyes are to some extent is restrained but ears are open and we hear sound when we hear a sound during meditation we don't get into this into our regular ordinary habit of following the sound questioning rationalizing asking questions why it is who made the sound where is this, where the sound came and so forth and so on going into all these details about the sound as buddha said just be aware of the sound and let it go because it is impermanent as i said the buddha teaching based on impermanence when we understand impermanent very clearly we can see the sound is not permanent it arises and passes away keeping this in mind if we let the sound come and go come and go come and go come and go it it may repeat it may repeat many many times apparently for few minutes but it even during the time it hits our eardrums it changes because everything rises fish the peak and pass over everything that is the nature of sankhara and uh, uh, sound is sankhara sankhara means something that arises dependent on something else so sound is one of the sankharas it arises very quickly it reaches its peak and immediately it passes away millions of sound waves hit our eardrums within a split second so at least keeping in mind that this sound is changing so the mind is lodged in the experience of impermanence rather than uh, getting involved in emotion that is how bahya daruchire as soon as buddha mentioned this he immediately got the message and that kind of people are called ugatitanya in pali ugatitanya means as soon as the senses contacts sensory object that instant we have that that instant is called gatana gatana ugatana ugatitanyu means one who knows understand realizes uh, things immediately as soon as the person gets in touch with the dhamma friends this is not a fantasy this is not some kind of uh, superstitious uh, mystical things this is the results of training when the mind trains to see through this is what happens and so that is why the bahya daruchi attain enlightenment that instant such a person is called ugatitany there are three other people uh, three other all living beings can put into this four categories second is called vipanchitanya vipanchitanya means uh, that person understands the truth little later he needs encouragement uh, suggestions uh, advice and uh, constant uh, repetitive force forcing and then one day he realizes third is called 
they quickly change. So, at the very sense door, we keep our mindfulness alert to understand how quickly they change, quickly they enter, quickly they disappear and how quickly they repeat over and over again. It is very much like pictures on TV, a movie, they are so moving so fast, it, they give an impression of persons, places, situations, trees and so forth, but they are not one image, so many images. And we can see them happening in our mind when we develop our insight. That's called one kind of restraint, restraint of our senses. Then that is called Indriya Sangvara and the other one is called Sila Sangvara, restraining by observing principles. What happens when we observe principles? We simplify our life. When we simplify our life, that internal, internal entanglement and external entanglement become less entangled. We begin to see, like when you, when you have a ball of thread which is completely entangled, if you have a lot of patience, you can slowly find an end and unentangle it. Similarly, when we practice uh, uh, morality, as we simplify our uh, life, things become easy and then we will be able to <coughs> uh, see the entanglement, how entanglement started, where it began and then we use mindfulness to reduce it. Third uh, uh, restraint is called uh, Satisangvara as we mentioned only, mindfulness, restraint through mindfulness. Then the fourth is Virya Sangvara. Virya is uh, all effort or perseverance. It has uh, in one place four levels, in another place three levels. But three levels must apply to the four levels. What are the three levels? They are called they are called elements, beginning elements, proceeding elements, and accomplishing elements. They are called Arambadhatu, Nikkamadhatu, and Parakamadhatu. These are the words that the Buddha himself used in Sanyata Nikaya. Arambadhatu is the is an effort, the element of beginning, beginning element. You got to have an iota of uh, energy to begin. Just like uh, when you want to uh, make bread unique culture and you can use it for making something more to uh, ferment because of uh, the culture. And similarly, or to make it even uh, clearer, in order to grow grain, you have to have, have uh, seeds to begin with. If you want to uh, become a businessman, uh, you have to have, have some capital to invest. That kind of beginning element is called Arambadhatu. That means there has to be certain amount of energy arising in our mind with the deep interest in starting something. Whatever we start, 
start before we start we have to have an interest in it similarly there has to have a element of energy to begin we can arouse this element of beginning element in somebody's mind by giving a very powerful talk a rational talk a enthusiastic talk and giving lot of points and making some sort of a dramatic way and so forth but that is just like opening bottle of soda open it then you see oh i must do it today i must do it tomorrow i must do it it sounds very good and so forth then they are just goes away but that initial element is important second is proceeding element therefore nikkama dhatu nikkama means the word kama nikkama comes from the root kamu kamu is uh, is to move to go nikkama means proceed when we have the element then you have to proceed with that element and the third is uh, parakama parakama means uh, achievement success gain accomplishment in you know, until we accomplish our goal we must continue to make effort effort is not something we stop halfway effort is something that we have to carry on without stopping and the other four this these three elements of effort must apply to the other four other four are very famous what are they effort to prevent unnecessary unwholesome mental states from arising effort to prevent unnecessary unwholesome mental states from arising you have to make effort that is you are meditating and your mind is uh, relatively settled quiet peaceful and you want to maintain it and you have to make effort to maintain that quiet peaceful mental state with effort you have to hold it so that unwholesome mental state will not arise and you start this and then you have the initial effort to see this peaceful state and then peaceful state arises then you have to maintain that effort that's a nikkam dhatu and then until you are successful in suspending this what you call maintaining preventing unwholesome mental states arising again i mean any time in future you got to practice that is called parakkam so make effort in three this these three kind of efforts we have to make in order to prevent unnecessary unwholesome mental states from arising the second is in spite of all your intention using all these three kinds of elements of effort if unnecessary if unwholesome mental state arises again you have to make these three kinds of elements of effort that is have initi- initiate your mind to let it go and don't become uh, complacent once you make this effort until it goes away you keep pounding your mind making effort be mindful bring your mindful mindfulness back again and again and again and again hold on to mindfulness until it goes away that is the three stages of 
maintaining the second effort, effort to overcome all the addiction and some mentors. Once it is gone, you have to make again the initial effort to arouse unmedicine wholesome mental state to arise, make effort. Once unmedicine wholesome mental state arises, you have to keep arising it, don't make it weak. When it arises, you know your mental state is steady. Then make the third or the fourth kind of right effort, effort you start your initial effort to maintain it and make the effort to sustain it and make effort to hold on to it until you accomplish your mission, your practice. So, for all this we need effort. Some people say this is effortless effort. There is no such thing as effortless effort. Effortless means effort, if it is effortless, it is effortless. It cannot be effortless and effort. If it is effort, it is an effort, nothing in between. So, Buddha never used the word, this kind of word. When we make effort, very real, sincere, honest, mindful effort, friends, that is an assert. Why? When we make effort, we begin to gain joy. You know, when we see the seven factors of enlightenment, what comes after effort? First factor is mindfulness. Second factor of enlightenment is investigation. Third factor of enlightenment is effort. When we make effort, if we maintain the effort, if we continue to maintain the effort and stay with the effort, you don't get the complacent, don't be lazy, you continue doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. Then what happened? Joy arises. From effort, you will never burn out. When you make, this is what is called right effort. Effort also has wrong effort. Effort here is not the physical strength, lifting huge weight. This is a mental state. Once we start, once we cultivate this mental state, every step we go forward with this effort, we see results. Every time we see results, joy, and joy increases. And therefore, effort is not something that uh, weighs you down. Effort is something that makes you light, fresh, and full of joy. And therefore, Virya Sangvara, we train the mind. This uh, When we look at it, when we train our mind with, of course, mindfulness, we can see how beautiful it is, how meaningful it is. And uh, last is uh, Kanti Sangvara. Kanti means patience. As I said, that is actually what not too many people have. Most people don't have patience. They want to attain everything instantly, like instant coffee. I wish I had the instant mindfulness pill. Due to everybody, next moment they all are enlightened. Even the Buddha could not find one. <laughs> Buddha, Buddha asked us to 
go through all these difficulties, training, practicing, practicing, practicing. Only then we can attain our goal. But we need patience. You all know when you come to meditation how impatient you are. I don't have to tell you. You all know. You are impatiently waiting. If I ring the bell, you are impatiently waiting to hear the bell. Impatiently waiting to finish the sitting time so that you can get up and walk. Impatiently you walk to come back and sit down. There's no end of, end of impatience. Always impatient to get up, impatient to go home. You know, I have seen many meditators are very happy at the end of meditation. <laughs> Why? They were impatiently waiting, waiting, waiting to go home. Why? To get involved in this all this entanglement. They enjoy entanglement. They don't like peace. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't like quiet place. So, Buddha said that this Dhamma, Pavivitta Sayan Dhammo Nayan Dhammo Sanghanika Ramasa. This Dhamma is for one who is really interested in solitude, not one who is interested in the company. You know, we are going just the, this is why Buddha said people have what you call distorted perception, distorted views. They think what is bad, they think good. What is unhealthy, they think it is healthy. Coca-Cola, the best. Everybody likes to drink. Pure, clean, hot cup of hot water, nobody likes to drink because it has no chemical. It has no sugar. It has no poison. Why you won't like it? Put little poison, caffeine, sugar, some other chemicals. You love it. Meditation is so pure, simple, cleaning the mind, bringing you really good uh, mental state. You can live a very good healthy life, quality life. You know, quality of life, quality doesn't come what you have materially getting involved in all these emotional things, from those things you will never have a quality life. Honestly speaking, all your material things, I'm not asking you to throw them away. You have a good TV set, a good computers, good cell phones, and latest model of uh, iPad, and latest model of this and that. Does it bring you an iota of peace? If there is no peace, what is the quality of that life? Quality of life comes from the practice of meditation. Clean in the mind. While the mind is clean, life quality is very high. So, the Buddha said, in order to make mindfulness meditation more meaningful, we have to learn to restrain, we have to live, we have to learn to be alone, you know, living alone is so eerie for people. If the telephone does not ring, what is wrong today? I did not hear telephone even once. Something wrong with the phone. 
you need to re- receive this content, but no call. So, there must be something to make you preoccupied in order to forget our problems. But that does, that will uh, wreck your nerves, make you nervous, make you uptight, rigid, unhappy, but meditation, cleaning the mind, making it pure, makes your life very good quality and even if you live one minute, Buddha said, instead of living hundred years, one day life with mindfulness is better than hundred years life without mindfulness. And therefore, with this, uh, I like to conclude this evening's talk and uh, I hope I want to make you meditate.